You're listening to Carly and Aveline on the New School Podcast, Episode 10, What to Do If the Day Goes Off the Rails. Welcome to the New School Podcast with your hosts, Carly Baum and Aveline Brunsma. At New School, we are empowering parents, educating at home in the new normal. Whatever configuration of education you landed on for your children this year, we are confident some component is going to include educating in the home environment. That's where we come in. We are here to encourage and support you with proven home education techniques, empowering mindset advice, and an overall positive conversation on how supplementing your children's education at home can lead to exceptional outcomes, both educationally and within your relationships. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in to today's episode. Parents, we all know what I mean when I say the day has gone off the rails. You knew this feeling before homeschool, and now I'm sure it's taken on a whole new life of its own as you've incorporated schooling into your home environment. I know I've certainly felt this way during a couple of our earlier days homeschooling, and it became clear to me early on that I wanted some strategies for how to deal with the inevitability of an off day for either myself, my children, or all of us together at the same time. So in this episode, Aveline and I unpack this entirely common and normal occurrence and discuss practical ways that you can prepare for derailment of your ideal daily homeschooling rhythm and how to see it as an opportunity for growth for each member of your family. We also cover how to create systems to prevent burnout, to limit friction in your relationships with your children, and to prevent disruption from negatively impacting your children's learning progress in any kind of ongoing way. This episode goes over simple issues that can disrupt a peaceful homeschool day and even gets into the possibility of complex issues and what you can do to resolve both. We hope this episode is a virtual hug from us to you, reminding you that hard days are normal. We all experience them. And when it comes to homeschool and hard days, there are systems you can lean on to take the emotional exhaustion out of derailment and get back on track sooner with your energy and peace intact. If you're looking for some advice on what to do after a hard day of homeschool, you're in exactly the right place. Here are our best tips for what to do if the day goes off the rails. Hi, Aveline. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing really well. Glad to hear you are also. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today about what to do if the day goes off the rails. I know every <laughs> parent listening knows what I'm talking about when I say that. So I'm very keen to hear some of your best practices for course correcting when this happens, because I'm sure it's a matter of when it happens, not if it happens. Is that what you found in your experience? You know what, Carly, that's, uh, that premise has to be the first and starting premise of dealing with derailment. It will definitely happen. Okay. There's no question. <laughs> and actually, it's, you know, you, it, as long as you're mentally going, okay, it will happen. So how am I going to deal with it when it does happen? Mm -hmm. And I would like to even go a little step further and say, why don't you welcome it? Mm. So welcome the derailment as much as that sounds 
counterproductive because you're trying to get through your work so that you can engage your kids, whatever age they are, in an opportunity to deal positively with a specific dilemma. And the dilemma is the derailment. Mm. So as we go through today, we'll talk about big derailments, small derailments, and how they're, they're kind of different. And then also some derailment protocols. Okay. So for me, it's just like a fire drill. Um, we teach our children in the home, okay, if there were a fire, we drop and roll, or if we're teaching a child, uh, what would you do in the case of emergency, you would say 911, you should call 911. And then you give them specific derailment protocols. Because mm -hmm. that's life, there's going to be things that happen. And specifically, when you have a, a group of children that you're teaching, say, maybe a variety of ages, they all love each other, but they're going to poke at each other. Mm -hmm. So you make your uh, homeschooling rhythm include systemic responses to times when it feels like the day is just going off the rails. You made your plan in the morning or you made your plan your, your week at a glance on Sunday and all good intentions. And all of a sudden one day it just feels like there's noise. One kid's crying. The other kid kids just um, ripped a piece of paper out of the other kid's hand. Uh, and all of a sudden, you've got to go, okay, step back. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is not a disruption. It is an opportunity to teach life skills. And mm -hmm. um, here's what I'm going to recommend is I recommend that every family has a derailment checklist. And my top, 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 top priority on a derailment checklist would just be to remain calm. Because right. you, you, we read each other's emotions so quickly and kids are so quick to pick up on if mom or if it's dad that's teaching um, is, is getting upset, is getting short and, 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 and sort of you can feel that that energy has shifted. So the first thing is you're going to practice your remaining calm. It's a bit of a facade because inside you might be just going, Oh, wow, that was too much. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when you're remaining calm, there's two things that I'm going to, I'm going to try to get you to focus on is one is determine the severity of the derailment. So here's the two things. Is it severe or is it simple? Is it a complex issue or is it a simple issue? So let's, let's talk about perhaps just go into the simple and Carly, just interrupt me anytime you want to add something. Cause I know you're in the throes right now right. and you're home educating. And I know that lots of, lots of different things have come up already. So mm -hmm, just, I will. yeah, just give me a poke if you want to, if you want to get in and say something. So sure. if, if it's a high energy derailment, but it's due to a simple issue, then, um, then there might, like, it's almost like simple meets simple. So mm -hmm. equal and, you know, equal energy in, equal energy out. So if it's a high energy derailment, but you can tell it was a very simple thing, i.e. someone took someone's, I don't know, toy or someone, someone took the, the calculator that you need, the older student needed for that particular uh, item, then simple responses may work. For instance, just stopping and saying, okay, I'm not exactly sure what went on here, but could someone give me a little bit of an insight into what's going on? So you give the children a little bit of an opportunity to explain to you what's going on. That may solve the problem right there. 
Right. It may not. So you might have uh, an itinerary of items that you've got in your back pocket. What about a walk? Um, maybe you're at the end of the morning. You know that the derailment might be because everybody's a bit fatigued. What about, would you kids like to finish up all of your session right now? You both know that you are, you, all three of you know that you've got about a page and a half of work left to go. Or would it be easier for you right now if we just all went for a, some fresh air and a walk? So that's a quick, quick, simple. And, you know, half the time the kid will say, no, I want to finish this. And then I'm really happy to go outside and jump in the trampoline or go for a walk. Right. Um, if it's the middle of the day or something, what about a, si a bit of a silent time? Okay. That was a lot of noise. Is there any way we can, you know, just retreat for a moment and all of us are going to take one minute or two minutes of silence and we're going to think about how we want to move into the next aspect of our schooling. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like, oh, a, 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 you know, a dream that the kids will do that. But, <laughs> but shockingly, they do do it. And especially if you've already started teaching them some mindfulness things like, like deep breathing. Okay, take five breaths before you make your next decision or take five breaths before you say something to your sibling. Right. It might be as simple as going to your reading corner um, or just some type of a breather or a break. And then I would say, and I, I've already alluded to this, and I know you do this, Carly, but um, incorporate some of your personal methods. You, we all practice certain types of mindfulness. I know I do a very deep stomach breathing, and I'll do 10 deep breaths to my stomach if I just really need to think through a concept or perhaps I'm upset about something. And that works beautifully for children as well. Mm -hmm. And then there might just be a switch of scenery. So those are some of the simple techniques that you would use for a derailment. And you'd be surprised if you've got that itinerary in your back pocket, maybe even a, a flashcard where you've got these on there and you incorporate them. You're gonna be so surprised at how well they work for some kids and then maybe not so well for other kids. Absolutely. I know I agree. I'll jump in on that because uh, sure. ours, of course, like my daughter that I'm educating is five and then we've got the three-year-old and one-year-old. So when the day starts to feel like it's going off the rails for me, it, it often is a high energy derailment due to simple issues. So just a, a lot of energy, you know, my three-year-old needs me on a, for a whole bunch of different things. The one-year-old falls and bonks his head or something because I wasn't right there beside him saying, <laughs> though yeah. I was the whole morning, but the moment you look away. Um, and he's so, running now. Oh, and he's running now. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's just that then he needs a diaper change. Then someone needs a snack. Then I spill the thing in the kitchen while I'm trying to get it. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get back up to help my daughter with her math problem, let's say. Um, and so it just feels like this snowball effect of um, me being needed a lot, a lot of noise and like, volume building and just d struggling to carve out that quiet time, let's say for her to work on her math when all three of them are present. And so I've definitely employed that, like taking some deep breaths because the worst thing I know I can do is flip my lid when it, when I I'm feeling yeah pulled in all those different directions, but I'm also feeling bad because it doesn't feel like she's getting some nice quiet time to work on her schoolwork. And so I agree with what you're saying. Sometimes just a walk or just a quick silent time, break it up, 
get them all with a book quietly, give myself a couple minutes to catch a, take a deep breath, get my little one-year-old a snack and just reset mentally for myself instead of letting that uh, kind of frenetic energy snowball into the next activity we're trying to work on. I can really feel that together we might all go off the rails if I don't do one of those things that you just talked about, some de- either some deep breathing, take a quick break, get someone in front of a book or the, the two girls in front of a book and just reset for a second before trying to get into the next thing. And they can be tempting to feel like, no, we got to keep working on our schoolwork, on our worksheets, on our the projects we had planned for today. And like you're falling behind, but it's far better, I think, so far in my experience to pause, reset, take a breath and go into the next activity more mindfully, more focused than to try to keep piecing things together when the energy is shifting in the wrong direction. You know what, even as you're speaking, I can feel, I could feel the level of the energy that you were talking about and the calm. Right. So even as you were speaking, I could feel it. So mm-hmm. if I can feel that coming from you, you as a parent, mm-hmm. your children are going to feel that too. So there's oh. this, there's this high energy, but it's a simple issue. Mm-hmm. And now you've reached into your pocket and you've gotten out some of your derailment techniques and you've just decided on one of them or another one of them that is going to work for that specific situation. Yeah. And so, uh, so I think that same calm that I'm feeling while you're just sharing that is the same calm the child starts to feel when mama's got, uh, you know, she's got a variety of different tricks in her, in her, in her pocket to, to, to work with that situation. Absolutely. So that's, that's, that's derailment for a simple issue, but then we get some really high energy derailments due to complex issues and those complex issues, we need to be able to, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to be able to sit back and go, what was that? And, <laughs> and <laughs> whoa, I didn't even know my kid could do that. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but in the middle of it, are you as a parent able to step back and dissect it? Mm-hmm. And then when you dissect it, while you're dissecting it, go, okay, I don't want them to know that I'm in this dissection process, but while I dissect, I'm determining my next step. Mm-hmm. For example, let's, let's say a child is consistently thwarting another child's progress. Well, that's, that's not simple. That's complex. Mm-hmm. If it's consistent, this is considered a high level and even systemic disruption. And it needs a permanent creative adjustment. So you, you've got to be able to look at it for what it is no dissing the child that's doing it. There's a reason they're doing it. Mm -hmm. We're not judging that child for what they're doing, but we're also not going to allow the other child to have to tolerate this for any length of time because it's not fair to that child. And in the, in the end, it's not fair to the child that's causing the disruption because they're doing it for some reason and they're not even able to maybe articulate why they're doing it themselves. Right. For, uh, so, so in a situation like this, you might choose to say your seventh, say your ninth grader is just, you know, the algebra king or queen and they just love math and they're just diving in but they're the one who your seventh grader is constantly nagging and going after during that period when you're working on math between those two children you might want to stagger their work times or you might want to say to the ninth grader who's already semi grown up 
you know what, I trust you. You go to your room, bring me your work when you're finished it. Um, I want to see how you did. And if you have any questions, of course, I want you to come to me. But in the meanwhile, you already recognized in this child, this child knows their stuff. They're working on this stuff and they can go off by themselves. Now you take the seventh grader alone with you and you go, what's going on here? And immediately you discern that 10 steps back were not developed in this child, i.e., their understanding of division or the, the, their ability to rote give you the responses to simple division questions. They don't know it. So every time they're looking at a division problem, they're going, but I don't even know my basic facts. They're not saying that in their own brain. They don't know what they don't know, but now you've discerned, oh my goodness, they don't know this. So now you can take it back a step let's get this learned. There's no shame in learning something that should have been learned earlier, but hasn't been learned. So let me just go through a couple. I want to give you as many little tools as possible. But for example, you might stagger their times, or you might wake earlier with one child. Or you might go, what fresh activities can I give to this child that doesn't know their division facts? So maybe there's this uh, hip hop or this there's this rhythmic tape that that child can listen to as they're going to sleep that's got all the division facts and all the multiplication facts. So that's a creative solution that's happening later at night. This child is starting to adjust and learn those things, and now all of a sudden their math is making more sense to them. Can you adjust? Yeah. So yeah. can you adjust in the schedule or can you adjust in the teaching or in the learning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I don't think I need to add too much more to that, but what we're trying to dis differentiate here is this is, a, this is a high energy derailment due to a complex issue, i.e. a child has missed a very significant piece of learning back of a year or two, or i.e. this child may really, um, you know, just just be frustrated by their learning because they're not catching it as quickly as they can. And then we can get into even more complex issues, but we won't deal with those in this particular session. No, but like, that, makes, um, that makes sense about ahead. complex issues, just that when you take a moment, step back and say, okay, we've got something systemic going on here. And then by sending the ninth grader off to go do some schoolwork on their own for a minute, you get that one-on-one -on -one time with your seventh grader to discern what's going on and connect with them right. on that level that their disruption was likely com coming out because they were feeling some sense of frustration or being left behind or just just struggling to grasp a concept and, and it's coming out in different ways so i love that get, making space with each child to figure out what do they need to enrich their learning and so that it's not causing a disruption to, to the others. It's about meeting the individual needs of your children and likely that will help with some systemic disruption that is occurring. Yeah, because that might even fortify that child's uh, confidence. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this naggy, you know, picking at their sibling kind of thing that they've been doing quite consistently that's bothering you and you're trying to remain calm that might just retreat because all of a sudden they feel listened to, heard, and they recognize, and they also too are recognizing the inadequacy of their understanding in that area. So they're 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 now ready to grow. Right. So right. you know, there's all kinds of huge benefits of you standing back and saying, "I'm not going to judge this kid for what they're doing. I'm going to look and see why they're doing it." Yeah. So knowing your children, that's the big thing. Uh, 
uh, if you can, you know, continue to learn about their learning styles, their triggers, their calming methods. Um, there's different calming methods that work for different children. And the actions that are, are part of your protocols can be executed right in the middle of the highest level of derailment. So derailment, like, you know, 10.0, <laughs> all of a sudden you're going, okay, I'm going to step back. I'm going to take a deep breath. This is a huge derailment, but I've got my, I've got my tools and I can actually work on derailment right in the middle of the highest level of this derailment. Absolutely. I know for my daughters, like they're very young. So this is a young example, but if I'm ever feeling like things are starting to go off the rails, I've, I've learned just to pull out a coloring sheet. They both have their little coloring stations laid out right in front of them. So I don't have to go get the crayons or the pencil crayons or whatever. That's all part of their little homeschool setup. And they just, I just, you know what, let's just take a coloring break. And I just get them down, you know, with their sheets of paper, they just dig into it. They really relish it as a break from their learning or worksheets. And I can just step back. So that's definitely a protocol for me is, okay, this is, something's not working here. Just everybody's needing too much right now. And I'm having trouble doing right. any one thing very well. And so I just right. pull that out and I, it, you're right, right in the middle of it. I can, I, I, I learned a little bit into the homeschooling process that I need to have something like that to yeah. throw down for a second. So I can step back, take a deep breath and reset to move forward. I like to what you, I, I like that a lot, Carly. And it, that goes, that's not just your smaller children. That goes for older children. There might be um, some older children just love, love, love working with crafts or, right. or they're, they're, they're starting to find their way around fabric art or they're, they love to paint or they, so we've got, if we are smart, we'll have some decoys, even for uh, the, for all ages of children, mm-hmm. but um, sketching and coloring is actually, you know, I mean, you yeah. see it now. Uh, there's coloring books for adults. Absolutely. There's something soothing and and you know, kind of breaks things down when you just sit and do something that's not requiring too much thought. I agree. Yeah. Wonderful. So the, I I love the art of the segue. Um, segue meaning okay, the derailment happened. First question you ask yourself, okay, it's, it's, let's say it's at a seven. Can the concept or subject that's being taught be brought to light in a different way? Mm-hmm. If it can, and it's a total shift in energy, try it. Right. Is, or is the subject absolutely necessary right now? Is the frustration the subject or is the frustration the children? Are they hungry? Or is the frustration um, too much work has been accomplished already in the, I I never think there's too much work, but anyways, (laughs) you know that. Yeah, I do that. (laughs) (laughs) But but anyways, is there a lot of work that's already accomplished and maybe this is them saying, I'm done. Then you're you're listening to that. So you're going to discern, you're going to discern that and then you're going to segue into something that's completely different. And the segue might be, uh, you know what? I think it's, I just think it's snack time. It might be something just as simple as that. Absolutely. Yeah. So discern if the disruption is relative to schoolwork, is it relative to behaviors or is it something else completely? And, you know, is the point of the derailment based on an individual child. And remember, this is not to assign blame. We don't blame individual children for a derailment. But sometimes removing one child from that immediate vicinity 
aids the outcomes of all the children, even the child you removed. Mm-hmm. You say to the child, why don't you enjoy some really lovely quiet time in your room? And they're going, I don't want quiet time. But do you enjoy quiet time? Yeah, I enjoy quiet time. Why don't, you, why don't we see if that works? If it doesn't work, we can do something different. And so this is not a permanent solution. It's not done with your high level emotion. Right. It's, it's, it's just a, um, it's, and it's not prefaced as a punishment. I, I don't like removing a child and saying, you go to your room because. Mm-hmm. So that's prefaced as a punishment. And then the child pretty soon starts to think, well, you know, I can't do anything right. Time I turn around, I'm getting punished. And they might just be that high level kid that learns by, you know, movement. Yeah. So we want to make sure we're not prefacing it as a punishment. Absolutely. Just even asking them to getting them set up in the room. I know my three-year-old just doing, did that the other day, but got her set up with some of her favorite puzzles and some new books we had just ordered. And it was a really indulgent, sweet time for her. She felt right. like it was, it was very, um, a, a night, a really nice time for her, but it got us that space that we all needed to get some things done. So I think it can be purpose is a really lovely thing too, and almost in a a sweet treat for that child if if done the right way. And what you say there about a three year old, I remember my even my mom talking to me, and bless her heart, she's she's um, she's not with us anymore. But she used to say to me that even as a two year old or as a three year old, I could sit for hours just playing with a few little toys. Mm -hmm. So every child is different. So that was my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. as a, a small child is I liked doing that. So you're reading your children, you're listening to your children, old or young, even a 12th grader, you could say to that 12th grader, they're still, they're still your kid. You could say to that 12th grader, you've worked so hard and I can see you're frustrated with this concept. Why don't you just take 10 minutes to just go do, and then you insert thing that they love to do. Right. And, and that makes just a world of difference because you're acknowledging that they've worked hard. You can see that they're frustrating, frustrated. So you're acknowledging that you understand that they're frustrated and then you're giving them that freedom to just walk away. And some kids, you know, they're such hard workers that they're not going to walk away till they finish, but they really do need that breather. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So does your atmosphere have a built-in calming aspects? So I recommend classical music. Uh, it's not something that a lot of homes are doing anymore. They might use different types of music, but we don't want a lot of music that's uh, got a lot of words in it. It's, it's uh, largely something that's soothing. Uh, scents that create a calm like lavender. Lavender is known to create a calm, so we might have some essential oils that are, that are being used in our house. And then non-sugar-based energy foods. If you have a high-level high energy child the last thing you want to do is feed them a sugar cereal for breakfast and expect them to sit still because they aren't going to Mm -hmm. Um, sugar goes into the digestive system so quick and then we've got that whole shift of energy that comes comes it's just like um, you know you feed them that sugar they're going to within 20 30 minutes you're going to see that shift of energy and then ambiance i am such a believer in your home and your area of learning having the type of ambiance that you and your children really thoroughly enjoy right so those are some things and I, i don't know what you would add to that carly i noticed when i was at your place earlier that you had those craft boxes and i think wow, if I was a child sitting at that table, that would be my favorite thing. 
Yeah, we really did try to indulge them in their spaces and make them really special and unique to them. And like you said, with the ambiance, like the things that I know that they love have been included in their space. So they do enjoy retreating to their space to do their schoolwork. Right. And I think that's helped with disruption too, is having this space that's all their own. Um, and because it's well-equipped, like I said, if things are getting a little... Um, intense while while I'm trying to instruct asking them to go sit down and do some coloring or something that they usually reserve as a treat they're really happy to go do that that helps with disruption for sure so children teach us a lot of things because we as adults could probably learn definitively from them that when we're feeling that anxiety and that pressure inside that that's that would be a smart thing for us to do too. Yeah. Just retreat, you know. Leslie, <laughs> retreat. Retreat. <laughs> so, oh, stay the course when disruptions need to be addressed. Again, as much as is within your power, execute pre-planned sequences, not punishments. So, so no matter how frenzied you feel, present that facade of calm and personal self-control. Now, this one's a tough one for me because I'm not a believer in facades. I really don't like them. But one, one thing I've always given myself permission to do is I was, I was taught this by a mentor early in my teaching career that when I walked through the threshold of my classroom door, I would literally say, not out loud, but in my own heart, I would say, I leave all my personal struggles at the door. And if I need to pick them up later, when I leave the classroom, I will pick them up. And then I would walk into the classroom. And that worked brilliantly for me. It was a facade because oftentimes I would walk in there with some of my own personal issues that I'm dealing with. However, because I made a commitment to those students and to myself that that facade would be a good thing and that I would leave those personal issues at the door. It just worked brilliantly. And we can do the same thing with our own children. I love that. So yeah, I love that too. It, it, yeah, honestly, for decades, I've used that whenever I've been in a group scenario. And I've got to tell you, you get yourself into a ritualistic, purposeful thought process by doing such a thing. And then when you walk into the classroom, you're there for them. You're engaged. Mm -hmm. Check your week at a glance. How close are we? We've been talking about week at a glance. A Friday noon meltdown is much different than a stubborn outburst early on a Tuesday. If Friday is almost over, don't end on a derailment note. That's not a good note to end on. No. <laughs> but attempt, yeah. But attempt one last activity and then guess what? Lots and lots of applause for the week's success. And this works for all ages of kids. Mm -hmm. Now, an early Tuesday uh, um, breakdown or derailment requires tenacious and proven techniques that are already noted. We've already talked about some of them to ensure the rest of the week can continue with productivity and continue peacefully. Yes. So. I, I agree. Discern there. Yeah, yeah, that's been a really good one for me to notice. Like if we've been having a bit of a meltdown, just taking a quick step back and saying, you know, how much have we done here? Or how close are we to finished? What is this? Right. Is it essential that we finish this? And just gauging where we're at in the day or in the week and then making a judgment on where we go next based on what we've accomplished. That's been a really good one. To keep yeah, that's just a, just taking that step back and you can pretty quickly evaluate whether you need to deal now mm -hmm. or 
move or, on. Or, or move on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So dissect the origin of the derailment. Sometimes it's a child. Sometimes it's a systemic issue that needs tweaking. Sometimes it's a conflict between children or something entirely different. And at the end of the day, take some time to dwell on the sequence of events that you saw and pinpoint what the trigger was. We're all pretty smart about this when we step back from it. In the middle of it, we might feel overwhelmed, but when we step back at the end of the day, we're gonna go, that was the trigger. Mm -hmm. That was the trigger. Uh, like struggle with a subject. What if the child has a struggle with a subject or sadness that needs addressing? The child is sad for some reason or the child's not feeling well. So they may not say to you, I'm just not feeling well, or they didn't get a great sleep. Again, this is your opportunity to help your child self-evaluate and apply mindfulness to their own life and their own practices. And what better opportunity to teach them something of more brilliance even than that math lesson or that language arts lesson. Absolutely. It's like a higher level application to it all. You all witnessed the meltdown and now you have some time to think about it and reassess how you can go about it differently, possibly by dealing with a deeper issue before moving forward. Right. And look at how much richer and deeper and more wholehearted that that piece is you're teaching them a life skill that they can use forever yeah beautiful and then avoid uh, avoid doing something that you will regret and this is this is one and i'm gonna i'm gonna be the first to admit that i have yelled and i have screamed mm -hmm. and i'm not proud of it and i know as parents we all could go back to that day where we made those mistakes so what I'm asking you each to do is avoid doing something that you will regret. Children need to know that homeschool on weekdays is a constant. That's for sure. So you've already established that. Knowing this, they will learn to understand that you will not pull the plug every time there's a disruption. You're doing your work. There's this much amount of work. Generally speaking, it's from this time till this time. Instead, you can lean on the systems that we're talking about today uh, that you have prepared for these moments that will course correct. So correct the derailment and get right back on track. Mm -hmm. they, they and you don't want to endure daily doses of yelling or emotional outbursts, either that from a child and particularly from a parent. We've got to stand above that mm -hmm. for either a child or a parent. And, and systems ensure this kind of response won't be necessary. So if I've got the right system in place and I'm willing to step back and go, wait a minute, what's going on here? Even if I talk to myself just like that, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm saying, wait a minute, what's going wait on a minute, here? What? <laughs> then I'm not yelling. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not reproofing some, a, a child for something that they haven't even done. Right. I've, I've heard parents threaten to send their kids back to school right in front of me. And I've, I've got to tell you, it made my, my heart sad. Mm -hmm. Or even other generic threats about losing privileges. Well, you're not going to do this or you're not going to do that. And then their voice escalates. Mm -hmm. That is not productive whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, this never proves to be helpful. Save yourself and them from the emotional exhaustion of this particular type of approach. And instead, just step back and lean back on your systems. What systems did you put in place and how can you put them to use? I and love one that. of the yeah, I love it too, Carly, because you know what? The main thing we want is, 
a no regret system. Yes, exactly. And you know, I like and, you know, it, no regret. Exactly. It, it reminds me a little bit of the discussion around habits versus willpower and how right. when you have good habits in place, you need so much less of your willpower in a day because it's just, a wow, habit. you just do it. And wow. so this, yeah, this is reminding me of this when you keep saying lean on your systems, you know, get a system of derailment protocol in your back pocket, things you know that work for your children and for you to take a breath and regroup and reassess after things feel like they've gone off the rails. And once you have that system in place, it can become your habit. And so then you don't have that emotional exhaustion of always using your willpower in those moments to try to fix it. You just lean back on systems you put in place expecting for this to happen. And I think it's kind of the same concept. You save yourself so much emotional exhaustion when it's just there, it's ready to be used and you don't need to go through wrestling the willpower or the emotional expenditure of energy uh, when things feel like they've gotten out of hand. And, 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 and further to that, think about how much you as a parent are growing through Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. because now you're able to step back. You're giving yourself the permission to step back. Absolutely. So, and when, when, at night, when you're, when all is said and done, revisit your vision statement, your vision statement, well, hopefully I, I, have we sent that out at all? Yes, yet? yes. Subscribers oh, are receiving okay. it. Wonderful. Okay, so <laughs> revisit your vision statement. I have a purpose statement for my life. I have a vision statement for various things that I do. It makes it succinct. It brings it into a doable process and you don't want it to be so big that it overwhelms. So revisit it. We're not trying to change the world here, but we are trying to live with, within our vision. So regroup in the way that you do it best. Tomorrow's a brand new day. And important as you do regroup, determine if you were derailed or was the child derailed. Sometimes there are, and I'm going to just, I want to just touch on this. I know this one's getting a bit longer, but sometimes external items like the constant socialization questioning can create a foundational crack in your own resolve. So every day someone's saying to you, well, how are your kids getting socialized? And every day you're going, well, how are they getting socialized? You're actually buying into it. Mm -hmm. So how are they getting socialized? You know, there is no research that says that children that are home educating with lots of different outlets are not being beautifully socialized. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's taking back and going, am I getting derailed? Am I allowing a foundational crack to my own resolve about home education? And then you have to step back and say, what did I commit to here? And then know what you committed to and then continue your commitment. That makes you stronger, your children stronger, and there's more peace in the whole process. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, other adult responsibilities might be weighing heavy on you or you're exhausted with the bandwidth for, uh, for lack of a cooperation during homeschool. Determining who derailed and why is essential for starting the next day fresh. So was it me? And then be honest with yourself. Was it my children? Was it me thinking about that socialization issue? Or was there just something going on in my own heart that made it derail? Be willing to do that self-evaluation. Because in the end, you've committed to just a very few things. You've committed to one year of home education. You've committed to strong, beautiful outcomes for your children. You've committed to a peaceful home. And you've committed to a long-term investment in knowledge and the growth of your children. 
-hmm. when you when you take the time to revisit these core principles perhaps the disruption that occurred today is more easily forgotten because the big picture is very much intact and conversely if the disruption is recurring you can feel strengthened in your resolve to employ a systemic fix not an emotional fix that will bring your family back on course toward the vision that you hold for this year. Even, even again, put that vision statement right on your wall somewhere. It is a reminder. Yes. So yeah, derailment is not easy. No, it is but, not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it is not. But it's, it's so true. What you've, everything you've said here always comes back to the same things, vision systems you know, like t- clinging to those visions and then coming back to your systems. And, th- as, and this is what we're all about at New School is sis- simple systems that yield sophisticated results. And I can't think right. of anything more sophisticated than creating a personal family system to deal with the days that are going to feel like they've gone off their rails because mm-hmm. it truly is a high level approach to life. We're not saying these things don't happen or shouldn't happen. We're saying they definitely do happen. And mm-hmm. every parent knows this is a 100% reality that you're going to have days that feel like they've gone off the rails. And especially when you're throwing homeschooling into the mix, um, right. and particularly yeah. for so many families who maybe find themselves homeschooling this year and never expected to, you know, this, yeah, this is the it big, wasn't their choice. Yeah. This is a yeah. big thing. So many families are facing. So I think it's such a beautiful, elegant, sophisticated suggestion to say, Cling to your vision. And when you said that too, just in the end, you've only committed to a short list of things. Hold that vision close and then cling to the systems you create to help you walk through these more difficult days. To, mm-hmm. to me, that it all feels so much more doable when we boil it down to that essence. And, and when I think about employing some of the strategies that you mentioned here today, very yeah. doable. And also that it just is comforting to know you're not alone, right? Like we're here to tell yeah. everyone listening yeah. that yeah. every parent has these yeah. days. And so yeah. uh, we're all just trying to do our best to figure out our ways through them uh, in the most mindful approach possible. And I think you've laid out some beautiful strategies to help us yeah. do so. Yeah. Congratulate yourself. I mean, this is a, this is a, when you have a good day, give yourself a pat on the back. Um, when there is a derailment, you know, go back to your vision statement. It's it, keeping it simple is so important. And also pat yourself on the back after those difficult days when you right. take the time to sit down, you care enough to be bothered that it didn't go the way that you had hoped or that you felt like your child responded to the best. And now you're taking some time in your evening to talk to your significant other to you know, re- rework or go back through the day and try to figure out what happened when and why pat yourself on the back that you care enough to try really hard again the next day when today felt difficult. Those Mm -hmm. are all signs of, of a mindful approach to life and, and crafting a life that you love, that you care enough to sift through it all and find the gems and leave the rest and and try again tomorrow. And, and, and know that those, and know that all those eyes, those eyes of your children are watching you do this Mm -hmm. and and, yeah, such growth for sure. 100%. Well, I love this. We will do it again, obviously. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Okay. Nice chatting with you, Carly. You as well. Friends, we hope you enjoyed that episode. 
We hope it empowered you and uplifted you with tangible advice and action steps you can take as you continue to define your family's educational journey this year. If you enjoyed this episode, would you share it with a friend? The more parents we can uplift right now, the better. As always, you can reach us at newschool.ca. Be sure to leave your questions for the podcast there and we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. Until next time, remember, in this new normal, there isn't one right way. There is simply the way that feels right to you. And whatever journey you're on, we want to thank you for allowing us to be a part of your new school.